Section 84 of the United States. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090, California, United States of America. The World's Story, Volume 12, The United States, edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 84 the Declaration of Independence, 1776, by Thomas Wentworth Higginson. When the Patriots in Congress looked back upon the few battles that had yet taken place, they could feel that the Americans had begun well. Dr. Franklin, who was always cheerful and hopeful, described their situation in this way. In a letter to a friend in England, Britain, at the expense of three millions, has killed a hundred and fifty Yankees in this campaign, which is twenty thousand pounds ahead. And then at Bunker Hill, she gained a mile of ground, half of which she lost again by our taking post on Plowed Hill. During the same time, sixty thousand children have been born in America. From these data, Dr. Price's mathematical head will easily calculate the time and expense necessary to kill us all and conquer our whole territory this remark was printed in all the american papers and was very encouraging but dr franklin and all the wise men knew in their hearts that the americans were unaccustomed to military discipline that there was great jealousy between the different colonies and that many of the richest men and most influential men were entirely opposed to separating from the mother country washington himself said when I first took command of the army, I abhorred the idea of independence, but I am fully convinced that nothing else will save us. That was the feeling with which the Continental Congress came together to consider whether independence should be declared, and the people at large were becoming gradually prepared to support such a declaration, especially those who had read a book called Common Sense by Thomas Paine, which had been circulated very widely through the country and undoubtedly did more than any other book toward convincing the americans that the time for separation had come the leading colony at that time was virginia while massachusetts and pennsylvania came next in order so it was thought best that the first proposal of independence should come from virginia and that it should be seconded from massachusetts on the seventh of june seventeen seventy six Richard Henry Lee of Virginia moved these resolutions, that these united colonies are, and of right ought to be, free and independent states, that they are absolved from all alliance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved. That is expedient forthwith to take the most effectual measures from forming foreign alliances that a plan of confederation be prepared and transmitted to the respective colonies for their consideration and approbation they were seconded by john adams of massachusetts the first discussion of them showed that though the members generally were in favor of independence yet there were some who thought the nation were not ready for it so it was decided to postpone further discussion to the first of july in the meanwhile it was thought that the people of the colonies would show whether they were ready for independence or not and show it very clearly they did 
before the end of that month the people of every colony but one had either held meetings and voted that they wished for independence or else had instructed their delegates to vote for it and when the subject came up on the appointed day new york was the only colony that did not vote to declare independence and even new york did not vote against it during this time of delay a committee had been appointed to draw up a declaration of independence to be used if necessary this committee consisted of thomas jefferson of virginia john adams of massachusetts benjamin franklin of pennsylvania roger sherman of connecticut and robert r livingston of new york the declaration was written by thomas jefferson though a very few verbal changes were made by adams and franklin which may still be seen in their handwriting on the original document there was a long discussion in congress and the declaration was debated and criticized word by word and sometimes very severely attacked during this attack john adams was its chief defender while jefferson who had written it did not say a word he says in his journal during the debate i was sitting by dr franklin who observed that i was writhing a little under the acrimonious criticism of some of its parts and it was on that occasion that by way of comfort he told me the story of john thompson the hatter and his new sign this was a story told also by dr franklin in his autobiography in regard to a man who was about opening a shop for hats and who proposed to have a signboard with a hat painted on it and the inscription john thompson hatter makes and sells hats but almost every word of this inscription met with objection from somebody as being unnecessary and at last it was reduced to john thompson with the figure of a hat it was thus that franklin amused jefferson during the anxious hours when this most important measure was under discussion the declaration of independence was adopted july fourth seventeen seventy six though it was not signed until some weeks later when the members of congress came up to sign dr franklin was still ready with his cheerful wit john hancock who headed it said to the others we must be unanimous there must be no pulling different ways we must all hang together yes said franklin we must all hang together or else we shall all hang separately we can imagine how they may have laughed at this but it was really a dangerous responsibility that they were taking and no doubt there were some anxious hearts even among those who laughed but at last the great declaration was adopted without being much altered the principal change was in striking out a passage which condemned the king of england for his support and of the slave trade more severely than some of the southern members approved in its final form it was adopted by twelve colonies new york still declining to vote it had been privately resolved that when it was passed the bell of the old state house should be rung this was a bell which had been put up some twenty years before and which bore the inscription proclaim liberty throughout the land to all the inhabitants thereof so the old bell-ringer placed his little boy at the hall door to await the signal of the doorkeeper and when independence was declared at last the doorkeeper gave the signal and the boy ran out exclaiming ring 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 then the bell rang out joyfully proclaiming liberty to all the land there was rejoicings everywhere and the declaration was read to each brigade in the army this is the way the pennsylvania journal described the excitement this afternoon july tenth 
the declaration of independence was read at the head of each brigade of the continental army posted at and in the vicinity of new york it was received everywhere with loud huzzas and the utmost demonstrations of joy and to-night the equestrian statue of george the third which tory pride and folly raised in the year seventeen seventy has by the sons of freedom been laid prostrate in the dirt the just desert of an ungrateful tyrant this was the courageous feeling with which the declaration of independence was received yet at this very time the enterprise seemed so daring and the condition of the american army was so poor that a adjutant general reed who from his position knew the state of military affairs better than any one else had written this a few days before every man from the general to the private acquainted with our true situation is exceedingly discouraged had i known the true position of affairs no consideration would have tempted me to take an active part in this scene end of section eighty four this recording is in the public domain